Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to the Monday edition of Nurses Out Loud. This is Nurse Michelle sitting in for Nurse April today. As our faithful listeners may know, there is a different nurse host daily on Nurses Out Loud. You will find me on Thursdays right here every week. It's an honor for me to be the guest host today on April's show. April and I have discovered that we have a lot in common. You can tune in 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Eastern to Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio right here on AmericaOutloud.news. But all of our shows do go to podcasts, and you can find Nurses Out Loud anywhere you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, and please comment and rate our show. Today, I thought I would do a nurse news analysis and address some relevant topics that are in our present news feeds. If you're already an AmericaOutloud.news fan, you know there is corruption within the news media and that it's almost impossible to get any relevant news and commentary these days on the relevant topics. So I thought I would start with something that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. recently said in an interview with Dr. Drew. As many of you may know, RFK Jr. is running for president on the Democrat ticket against Joe Biden. So before I do share his content, I'm going to make a disclosure. I am not promoting RFK Jr. as a presidential candidate, and I will confess that I have been to a Trump rally prior to his first election. I'm still not sure who I'll be voting for in the 2024 election, but I will say that I am very thankful for RFK Jr. to be on a national stage. And I think it's important that his message is on the national stage, whether he ends up as president or not. I I do believe that the topics that he is discussing, there's no one else discussing. And those topics are so important for the American people. And I'm so thankful that he is going to force those conversations out into the public and make all the candidates have no choice but to have to address them as well. So let's first listen to what Dr. Drew asked of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on Dr. Drew's show called Ask Dr. Drew. I'm lying to the American people. And I thought, oh, my God, that is one of the most profound and clear and accurate answers I've ever heard in politics. So I wonder if you could expand on that a little bit, both where the lying is coming in, where is it concerning you most, and how would that bring people together? I think one of the things that's really dividing people today is there's no agreement on what information is all going to different sources because we cannot trust the sources that are there to actually provide us good information. The landscape has become utterly corrupt. The name of the Journal of Medicine, the American Medical Association are utterly corrupt. There's nothing in there that can be believed. As soon as I'm elected and appoint my attorney general, 
one of the first meetings that my attorney general is going to have is to call the editors and publishers of those journals into our office, the, the Justice Department where my father used to work, and tell them that we are about to file racketeering cases against them for lying to the public under antitrust acts and under fraud acts and under RICO, which is a, a statute that my father wrote. And that if they don't come up with a plan as to how they are going to force themselves from the pharmaceutical industry, that we are going to go into their office and we're going to confiscate their files and that we are going to prosecute them because this is just part of the big lie of the American public. They're deceiving doctors. They are harming people. They are killing Americans. And we need to make it stop. I hope you were able to hear that well. You have RFK Jr. who's calling out the Lancet, the New England Journal of Medicine, the American Medical Association, and he goes as far to say that there's nothing in there that can be believed. He's calling them corrupted, and that's a pretty hefty statement. He says as soon as he appoints his attorney general, he's going to call the editors and publishers of those journals into the Justice Department where his father used to work. And he's going to file racketeering cases against them for lying under antitrust acts and under the fraud acts and under the RICO acts, which is a statute that his own father wrote. And RFK Jr. Um, is saying that he's going to require these corrupted journals to come up with a plan for how they're going to divorce themselves from the pharmaceutical industry or they're going to go into their offices and confiscate their files and he's blaming them for deceiving doctors and the Amer- and the American public and that they're harming I mean he's actually making some hefty accusations again and saying that these journals these corrupted journals are guilty of harming and killing Americas by the great deception that's happening because these journals are apparently bought and paid for by Big Pharma. So we have heard a lot through this last four years that you can create a um, study that completely destroys the concept that hydroxychloroquine is safe and effective for the treatment of COVID. And it can go as far to say that it will kill people, which is exactly what was published in The Lancet. I personally had a very bizarre encounter with my daughter's immunologist at the beginning of the pandemic. As soon as I read or learned that hydroxychloroquine might actually be something that could possibly be helpful, I have a immune compromised daughter. She's been in the federal vaccine court for seven years. And this doctor oversees some of her diagnoses. And he's pretty much the only immunologist within an hour drive of my country home. And I was on a Zoom call with him and said, I need you to probably go ahead and put her on hydroxychloroquine as a prophylaxis for her being that she's such a high risk and there's so much unknown about this uh, pandemic virus. And he actually busted out laughing, scoffing at me, literally scoffing at me. He says, you've got to be kidding. That would kill her. And I just literally was shocked because I'd read about the recent debunking of the very research that had been published in The Lancet saying that the study was actually having to be recalled and that The Lancet, who had um, hardly ever, if ever, had to recall one of their publications, had to remove that publication because it had been found to be fraudulent. 
So as I'm watching him scoff at me with my daughter right there, who's about 22 at the time, I said, perhaps you're uninformed about the fact that that study you're referencing had to be recalled and that that study in the Lancet was false and that it did not kill. It was actually a faulty study. And it really just took him by surprise. He did not know that. So in effect, he was a perfect example in Nurse Michelle's life of a doctor deceived. And he took that deception from a periodical that he greatly respected and was willing to scoff and mock at what he presumed was a Google parent, right? Somebody who dared to go and Google something during a pandemic, because I mean, who would ever do that? I mean, after all, I'm more than half of a hundred years old. Why would I start Googling information during the thing that I've never had happen in my entire life? You know, that's what these journals That is what the pharmaceutical complex has actually done to American physicians. They're willing to essentially abuse a patient, right? He was going to, he scoffed at me, laughed at me, mocked me for daring to ask for my daughter to be put on a very, very safe drug that he knows good and well has been on the market for decades and is very likely uh, considered safer than even Tylenol. So he should know that, but his overarching influence that permeates his career didn't keep him from being harmful to me. And of course, my daughter did not get any hydroxychloroquine. And of note, Dr. Immunologist, um, my daughter, that daughter has never gotten COVID throughout the entire pandemic. And it would be discovered that one of the mental health medications that she was actually on from that because of that vaccine injury that she had when she was 16 years old, happened to fall into a category of being a prophylactic for COVID. And she has to take that every single day. And he's not informed about that, nor were her doctors that managed that medicine until Nurse Michelle brought it to their attention. So it is interesting how um, this is an ongoing problem. No big surprise here that a lot of us are experiencing it. Not everybody is a medical professional that feels like they can be confrontational to their doctors. But as we do try to remind you here on Nurses Out Loud, we do believe that courage is contagious and we want you to catch that contagion and not to lose your bravery when it comes to talking to doctors. Googling information is not a problem. You should be an informed patient when you come for your kids to a doctor's appointment or when you are trying to get something to advocate for yourself, the doctor does at least owe you some kind of explanation for why um, a a medication that you might have seen advertised on television that our federal government thought it was perfectly fine for them to solicit you with. If you want to come to them and say, hey, you know, I saw this commercial for this drug. I'd like you to talk to me about whether or not it's a good option for me. I Googled it and learned a few things. Or, hey, I was thinking about taking Ozempic this new rave that people have for wanting to lose weight. And thank goodness for news outlets like The High Wire and AmericaOutloud.news who have brought to the American public's attention that, yeah, people may be losing weight with this particular medication, but it looks like we're having some suicide and severe mental health issues for people that are doing it. And it was discovered in the trials that it could cause these severe issues. And yet there it is still on the 
American public's radar as something they might want to consider taking just because everybody does want a quick fix if you're wanting to lose some weight. So that is something that we can thank the pharmaceutical complex for as well. So I am thankful that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is wanting to put this on the public stage and force the conversation into the public media. The next piece of news I want to bring to you is quite interesting, and you would not think something you're going to see in the news in America, but the topic of a particular study that came out by the title of COVID-19 Vaccination and Leprosy, a UK hospital-based retrospective cohort study addresses a correlation between the COVID-19 vaccination and leprosy. And if you tuned in to Nurse April's show last week, um, she had a particular topic called Understanding the Dangers Lurking Within the Reedley, California Lab. And if you did not hear that, I will put the link in my show notes about April's article on this topic. And if and she addressed during that show the leprosy cases that were showing up in California, if not California, in Florida, and if I'm not mistaken, in Texas as well, or she was surprised it wasn't showing up in Texas, it was more in Florida. And she addressed what was found in this secret lab that was going on there. So I'm going to read some of that article to you from the leprosy topic. So as you know, leprosy, we do associate to the Bible stories of lepers that had to be put outside the camp. They were considered highly contagious. There's a lot of theories on that, but it is in third world countries that we only see leprosy cases these days. So to hear that it's in America is quite unusual. And I love the take that April came at it from. So be sure to listen to what she has to say about that. But on the background in the abstract, It says individuals with leprosy are at risk of leprosy reactions. Mm, That's not really revolutionary. T-cell mediated immunological uh, complications, which lead to nerve function impairment. Leprosy reactions require systemic immunosuppression, which is a risk factor for severe COVID-19. Vaccination for SARS-CoV-2 infection is recommended in the UK and became widely available in 2021 with individuals at increased risk of severe disease, including the immune suppressed that are prioritized. Now, within their conclusion, they say the development of BT leprosy and a type 1 reaction in another individual shortly after a dose of the BioNTech vaccine, BNT, may be associated with vaccine-mediated T-cell responses. The benefits of vaccination to reduce the risk of severe COVID outweigh these unwanted events, but data from leprosy endemic countries may provide further information about potential adverse effects of augmented T-cell responses in individuals with leprosy or latent M. leprae infection. Now, 
I think if for those that are out there that do read a lot of the literature and a lot of the medical literature, you got to give these people credit for their consistency in making sure to put that plug in for the vaccine. The sentence that says the benefits of vaccination to reduce the risk of severe COVID-19 outweigh these unwanted events, et cetera, right? Yes, getting um, COVID that's fully treatable and with a vaccine that's proven to be completely ineffective at keeping the vaccinated from getting COVID-19, that vaccine and its benefits supposedly outweigh getting the potential for leprosy issues if you already happen to have leprosy or that your T-cells there's going to be a immunological complication because you got that COVID-19 vaccine if you happen to have leprosy already. So that just, it just blows my mind every single time I see that in a periodical. I, it never ceases to amaze me that it's going to be there. And you you want to wonder that all of these doctors are literally shaking in their shoes, whoever's writing these periodicals, that they feel like they've got to make sure that if they're saying something bad might just happen to you after you take this COVID-19 vaccine, we've still got to make sure you understand that it's so much better than ending up with severe COVID. No, I, I don't think so in this case. We, we've got early treatment modalities that are well-published, and I think it would be better to say we will make sure that those that are high risk, a leprosy patient would be high risk, know something about nasal oral sanitation, and we're going to make sure that they practice it, and we're going to take care of them and give them early treatment modalities when they get COVID-19. And how about we not cause some T-cell-mediated immunological complication with them just so that they can have the potential of not getting severe COVID-19. Now, for those of you who may already follow me on social media at Nurse Michelle with one L dot RN for registered nurse. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know that I have been out there trying to advocate for early treatment from early, uh, late December of 2020, when I ended up out of the COVID unit myself and got woken up to the NIH policies that were going to contribute to my decline. So I was in the COVID unit in uh, July of 2020. And what a wake up call it was. And there was no doubt that this nurse got activated to say, oh my goodness, there's things that nobody is going to know how to take care of themselves if they don't have some basic medical knowledge because the policies were so counterintuitive to my survival there. I had to get out of the hospital to actually be able to um, save myself. And I was shocked to learn that not only were there policies within the hospital that were going to contribute to my decline, but when I knew to ask for certain medical equipment to get delivered in my home, I would find out the NIH's fingers had reached as far as the medical equipment companies to keep medical equipment from coming into my home. And how you say, well, how would they, why would they do that? Well, what they did was they made policies for the medical equipment companies to be uh, it, that if they actually did place a piece of medical equipment in my company, my home, when it returned back to their building, it had to be quarantined and sanitized for 30 days. So they would lose the use of medical equipment and lose the money making potential of that medical equipment just simply because it went into a COVID person's house. Because um, in July of 2020, apparently that was a belief system that an inanimate object could actually transmit the virus. Yes, that is where we have been people. 
So in the fall of 2020, while I was surviving myself and I was on a walker for about a month and oxygen for three months, and I have slept with CPAP ever since then, now, you know, three, three years later. And um, I definitely got had my health impacted. I lost two thirds of my hair and my voice is definitely deeper today because of it. And when I get exposed to COVID people now, I don't really get sick, but I, my voice will go a little deeper again. That seems to be my response. So no doubt this virus, whatever its origins may be, definitely had an impact on people like myself with compromised immune systems. And in that case that we just reviewed about the leprosy, lepers would be people with a compromised immune system. So I'm very thankful that I did not take the COVID-19 vaccine. I did publish some a 24-page document in 2020 to help people make an educated, informed consent decision about that vaccine. And you can download that from my website called advocacywithmichelle.com. And it's in my resources tab, and it's still relevant. It does educate you quite a bit on just things in general, because people still are being faced with the pressure to get a COVID-19 booster. But if you've heard the stats, Dr. Peter McCullough and others have made sure we're aware of that it even though it looks like 80% or more of American people did get at least two of the COVID-19 vaccines, only 13% came back to get their boosters. And I believe it was a Rasmussen poll that polled the American people that a large number, around 80% of Americans, had a knowledge of a person that was either harmed or handicapped or dead following a COVID-19 vaccine. Yes, I said it. And that reality has kept people from coming back for more. So even though that is true, there are still people still being mandated. And if you follow me on whether it be social media or on my show on Thursdays, you'll know that I've been addressing head on the battles that nursing students and med students are facing in our country that nobody's even paying attention to. So while people would like to act like COVID doesn't matter anymore, I don't want to hear about COVID anymore, it's all been a a hoopla, whatever it is and has been, that's all relevant. We've definitely come through the largest propaganda campaign of our country's history. Even though that is true, we still have people that are being forced to get their COVID-19 vaccine. And one of those battles that is shocking to me here as a Georgia girl is that the largest institution education system in our state that puts out doctors and nurses actually was extremely communist about the way that they were going to deal with the mandate for the COVID-19 vaccine. So sure, yes, you're going to be able to get a religious exemption here, but you're going to have to write a three-page essay to do that. And then we're going to still make trouble for you and you're going to have a target on your back. So um, the largest medical teaching hospital college here was quite difficult to deal with and has literally tormented nursing students that I've been advocating with throughout the entirety of the summer. So once you have finally been accepted into your medical school of choice, your nursing school of choice, unlike college, other programs, you can't just transfer to another state. This is, there's been a lot of thought that goes into why you picked that particular medical program. So once you're in, you, you're you so happy, you're finally going in the steps of the direction that is required to be a medical professional. And this would be true for the 
occupational therapy programs, the physical therapy programs, and other programs similar to that. And the, this particular school puts out those kind of professionals as well. You come in about three to four weeks before your education is supposed to start in the fall and you have your orientation to the program. And that's where they drop the bombs on you that you have all these mandates. And let me tell you, your average 18 to 25 year olds aren't ready for the battle that they're about to have to do. The mass intimidation is quite shocking. There is something about administration within colleges. And I don't say this is for every college because where my daughter graduated from nursing school, it was not true there at all. They were 100% advocating for the constitutional rights of the American student during the 2020 through 2023 pandemic. And they shined like a beacon of truth on a hill. They literally are on a hill. And if anybody's looking for a college in Georgia for a nursing program, I've got one for you. Just message me on the email link on America Out Loud dot news slash nurses out loud. And I'll be happy to share with you. All of us nurses are going to be happy to share with you any of the schools that are shining beacons of light for American constitutional education and rights for the American student. But this particular school, nope, not interested in doing that. So they were going to make it very difficult for those students. And for example, there is a major medical institution here in the state of Georgia that is buying up most all the hospital systems. So what used to be named a county hospital now has this company's name associated to it. And this particular teaching facility um, uses that hospital system. So the hospital systems also have mandates on the healthcare students that are going to be coming into those colleges into those clinical institutions to fulfill their clinical requirements to fulfill their degree. And one of this particular medical institution required a three-page question and answer session um, that you had to answer to a test for your sincerely held religious right to dare to request a religious accommodation to not get that COVID-19 vaccine. You can go to Nurse Michelle's page on AmericaOutloud.news and you'll see two articles by the name of America's Nursing Schools Forcing COVID Vaccines. And then there's another one, Courage Among Nursing Students Precedents Against Mandates to hear more about the battle that has been going on. But if you're out there and you are among the situation where you're having to write something for a school because they require that you want you write up your religious beliefs and why you believe your sincerely held religious beliefs are contradicting or contraindicating your pursuit of a COVID-19 vaccine. I have um, the whole document there for you to actually use any statements that I already wrote on behalf of nursing students to use in any kind of religious exemption that you're pursuing because we have had incredible success using that. So these nursing students used the words that I wrote up for them, sent it to this teaching um, teaching facility, the medical institution in Georgia, and that facility caved. Um, they had threatened our nursing students and said, we're going to make sure our legal affairs department reads your words and considers whether or not your sincerely held religious beliefs are really sincerely held or not, as if they have the right to judge such a thing. The reality is, is that nursing students are invoking their right 
to religious accommodation. They're not asking permission for religious accommodation. They're invoking their right. And so we gave them plenty for their legal affairs department to read. And apparently it was impactful. And you can get a copy of that on Nurse Michelle's page. And after the break, we're going to address some more issues as it pertains to these vaccine mandates and vaccines in our country in general. It's time and The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. 
to Nurses Out Loud with Nurse Michelle on the Monday edition of April's show as a guest host. Thanks for joining us. Um, Where we left off was discussing the impact of the COVID vaccine still impressed upon the nursing and medical students and college students all over our country. And Nurses Out Loud is definitely working toward making sure that we have some questions out there for each of you that you can go and find on our webpage that Nurse April is busy working on, that you'll be able to get an access to a document that will help you be able to call your local colleges and find out who is a problem in our society. And as you all report back to us, we will make it known and we will call out all the colleges that are being a problem with mandates. If your kids are being asked to do anything for a vaccine of any kind, go to Nurses Out Loud. We're trying to help you fight that because it isn't just as it pertains to the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccines of the childhood vaccine schedule are relevant. If you haven't gone and listened to Nurse Michelle's 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals, and if you are a medical professional and haven't done those 20 questions, you're missing out. Make sure to do it. Um, There will be no answers given on the 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals. You have to go to the next show to get the answers. And if you're dealing with medical professionals who are very superior minded on the topic of the subject of vaccines, you can have them do those questions and remind them that they cannot Google any answers because after all, they already think they know it all. So let's make sure they find out what they don't know because we all don't know what we don't know. And let me tell you how that pertains to you and your college students or your grandchildren going off to college. And that is because when you present to college, you have to present your childhood vaccine schedule. And for those of you who I'm, I am more than half of a hundred. So I'm about to be 56 years old and my mother is 76. My grandmother is 96 years old. And in my grandmother's generation, she may have had one required vaccine, which was diphtheria. And then she would later be convinced to get the flu vaccine in her older years because she was told it was something she should do. She wasn't told about how ineffective it was. She just got it. And when she would get her COVID, not her COVID, her flu vaccine, she would get the flu. And it happened to her every time. And finally, she quit doing it. My mom had about three to four mandated vaccines before she was 18 years old. And I had about six to eight. And my kids who are between the ages of 15 and 33, their generation has about 14 that they were mandated. But I have three grandchildren and guess how many vaccines are mandated for them before they are 18 years old. And that's one of the questions on the 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals. So I'm going to go ahead and give you that answer. It's 72 And that's before they added the COVID-19 vaccine to the schedule. So that's closer to 82 now um, before they're turned 18 years old. So all of us, we have a problem, Houston, because that's a problem. And RFK Jr. is addressing these topics. He has been in the business of litigating against the public health authorities and forcing them to give FOIA requests to the American people to expose why they make claims that they do. For example, they say on their websites or used to say that vaccines do not cause autism. And we've all heard that cliche. It's been abused quite a bit. 
And that statement cannot be said anymore on the website because the RFK Jr. filed a FOIA request for them to have to produce all the science that showed how they could prove that COVID, not, not COVID, but that childhood vaccines do not cause autism. And they could not produce any studies because they had done no studies to prove such a claim. So they can no longer make that claim in case y'all didn't know that. That's because of RFK Jr. But reality is, is that there is a lot of us out there that have been doing what we can to inform the American people that we have a lot of vaccines that are no longer necessary for the general public, for our children, and they all need to be evaluated. And all of the studies need to be critically assessed by skilled doctors who are not paid off by pharma to actually um, analyze the usefulness, the efficacy, the safety, etc. And for those who don't know it, I've been in the federal vaccine court for seven years. And at the average time within the federal vaccine court for a injured person, or an injured child is 10 years and that is to fail, to not win. So that is a broken system and things have got to change. It has been corrupted pretty much from its inception and the truth needs to be gotten out. And one of the pieces of news today that I want to address is something that RFK Jr. did actually say about specifically the childhood vaccines. But as it pertains to your students and your grandchildren going off to college, what happens is when they present to college with their childhood vaccine schedule, if there's something they don't have on there, a lot of these colleges are saying, oh, you're not up to date on this. You're going to have to go get that before you produce in class. Other colleges require you to go get some lab work done to see if you have titers to those vaccines that you had as a child. And a titer is essentially going to assess whether or not you still have immunity to that. And a big wake-up call, America, is that the majority of you do not have any immunity to any of the things you got vaccinated against as kids. Now, my mom's generation and her mother's generation, who had measles, mumps, and rubella, and all the actual diseases themselves, and myself even that had chickenpox, we still have immunity in our immune globulin and in our immune labs showing up because we actually had the virus we did not have a inferior vaccine to do it. But most of my kids' generation on down had vaccines and not the diseases. But we're not going to talk about that right now. That's for another day. But today, I just want you to know that nursing schools and medical schools are making the students have to produce their titers. And when they do not have titers, like a lot of them don't because the average person doesn't have any immunity to what they got vaccinated from the schools dare to tell the student that they have to go and get all their vaccines from their childhood caught up. So what took them 18 years to collect, all of a sudden in the three to four weeks of orientation prior to classes starting, suddenly the college thinks that they can tell the student they need to go get you know, 10, 20 vaccines as if that's not going to have any medical impact on the student, which it does. And we aren't going to discuss that today, but we successfully were able to get the leading teaching hospital in the state of Georgia on nurses and doctors to give in to the letter that we wrote that said, okay, if you say that you're going to go against the CDC guidelines, because the CDC guidelines actually say if you have negative titers, it's not relevant, because what is relevant is that you had your childhood vaccines and your childhood vaccine schedule actually trumps 
your titers. Yeah, because they really don't want a whole bunch of people going out and getting titers and finding out that they don't have any immunity anymore. So don't want to have those titers being drawn to show that. So let's just stick with the fact that these kids got their vaccines and let's leave them alone and move on. But this college did give in and say, okay, fine, you know, you don't have to go get your vaccine. We're going to give you the right to not have to get them. So I told these nursing students, I said, now listen, you know, you're going to have your target on your back, but you've already been set apart. You've already been appointed. You have successfully turned over the um, largest producer of nurses and doctors in the state of Georgia and the largest um, hospital owner in the state of Georgia have now stopped mandating the COVID-19 vaccine and have not forced you to get these childhood vaccines caught up or else. So you are walking into your college classes with the Lion of Judah walking beside you. And if you don't know what I mean when I say that, it's a Christian phrase I'm using. But if you remember C.S. Lewis and the movies Chronicles of Narnia, where the little girl walks with the lion and she has her hand in the hair of the lion. That is what I want all of you to feel like when you walk into your employer after you win your vaccine exemption and when you walk into your colleges and have won your exemptions because you have the Lion of Judah walking with you. You are courageous. You are among the courageous. And yes, you have been appointed to stand out. So stand out. Now, another piece of news was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. made a tweet, and it's quite a long one, but I am going to put it out there, okay? And it is when people say things like, what about polio? If it weren't for the vaccines, we'd still have polio. So here's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. citing the literature, and that's what we are thankful for, for him being on the public stage doing. Here he is from the literature. Promising to eradicate polio with $1.2 billion Gates took control of India's National Advisory Board and mandated 50 polio vaccines up from five to every child before the age of five. Yes, you heard that right. 50 vaccines before the age of five. Indian doctors blamed the Gates campaign for devastating vaccine strain polio epidemic that paralyzed 496,000 children between the years 2000 and 2017. In 2017, the Indian government dialed back Gates's vaccine regime and evicted Gates and his cronies from the NAB. Polio paralysis rates dropped precipitously. In 2017, the World Health Organization reluctantly admitted that the global polio explosion is predominantly vaccine strain, meaning it is coming from Gates' vaccine program. You heard it right, people, that the polio cases that are happening around the world are are associated to vaccine-derived polio strain. The most frightening epidemic in Congo, the Philippines, and Afghanistan are all linked to Gates vaccines. By 2018, three-quarters of the global polio cases were from Gates vaccines. That's pretty profound. In 2014, the Gates Foundation funded tests of experimental HPV vaccines developed by GSK and Merck on 23,000 young girls in remote Indian provinces. Approximately 1,200 suffered severe side effects, including autoimmune and fertility disorders. Seven died, and all seven of those matter, right? 
Indian government investigations charged that Gates-funded researchers committed pervasive ethical violations, pressuring vulnerable village girls into the trial, bullying parents, forging consent forms, and refusing medical care to the injured girls. Sounds familiar to all the COVID-19 vaccine people right now. Medical care being denied. The case is now in the country's Supreme Court, in India's Supreme Court. In 2010, the Gates Foundation funded a trial of GSK's experimental malaria vaccine, killing 151 African infants and causing serious adverse effects, including paralysis, seizure, and febrile convulsions to 1,000 and 48 of the 5,049 children. Paralysis, seizure, and febrile convulsions to 1,000-plus children. That is unbelievable. During Gates' 2002 Men Afrivac campaign, a sub-Saharan Africa, in sub-Saharan Africa, Gates' operatives forcibly vaccinated thousands of African children against meningitis. Between 50 and 500 children developed paralysis. South African newspapers complained, we are guinea pigs for drug makers. Yes, they are. And let's just pause for a moment and think about that. We're talking about paralyzed children. Just think about your children. It is happening here. You just don't hear about it. But Guillain-Barre syndrome is a real thing that happens. And every year there are cases in the federal American Vaccine Court of Special Masters with children who lose their ability to function as a walking child. So this is real. This really happens. And here are the people saying we are being made guinea pigs in Africa. Nelson Mandela's former senior economist, Professor Patrick Bond, describes Gates' philanthropic practices as ruthless and immoral. In 2010, Gates committed $10 billion to the WHO promising to reduce population, in part through new vaccines. A month later, Gates told a TED Talk that new vaccines could reduce population. In 2014, Kenya's Catholic Doctors Association accused the WHO of chemically sterilizing millions of unwilling Kenyan women with a phony tetanus vaccine campaign. Let that sink in. They thought they were getting a tetanus shot, but it was a phony. Independent labs found the sterility formula in every vaccine tested. A a sterility formula in a tetanus vaccine. Let that sink in. After denying the charges, WHO finally admitted it had been developing the sterility vaccines for over a decade. Similar accusations came from Tanzania, Nicaragua, Mexico, and the Philippines. A 2017 study, Morganson et al. 2017, showed that WHO's popular DTP is killing more Africans than the disease it pretends to prevent. Vaccinated girls suffered 10 times the death rate of unvaccinated children. 
Gates and the WHO refused to recall the lethal vaccine, which WHO forces upon millions of African children annually. Global public health advocates around the world accuse Gates of hijacking WHO's agenda away from the projects that are proven to curb infectious diseases, clean water, hygiene, nutrition, and economic development. They say he has diverted agency resources to serve his personal fetish that good health only comes in a syringe. In addition to using his philanthropy, to control WHO, UNICEF, Gavi, and PATH, Gates funds private pharmaceutical companies that manufacture vaccines and massive network of pharmaceutical industry front groups that broadcast deceptive propaganda, develop fraudulent studies, conduct surveillance and psychological operations against vaccine hesitancy, and use Gates' power and money to silence dissent and coerce compliance. Now that is a mouthful and that is all supported information that can be located. But we don't live in an era that matters whether or not you have supporting data to make a claim like I just did. If I had said any of this on my Instagram platform, it would probably most certainly be deleted and my um, I would be punished. So I was recently punished for um, making having a really cute comedian uh, make a comment that he really regretted getting the COVID-19 vaccine. And he says, you know, if I'm around here in three years, if I don't have a heart attack before then. So he's he's making his own comedy about his own story. And I put on that particular ad that if you're looking for help from detox from the COVID-19 vaccine, you know, drop me a message and I'll drop you some helpful information. Apparently it's a crime to say that you might need detoxing from the COVID-19 vaccine because that implies there might be something toxic in the COVID-19 vaccine. So how dare I do that? So I had a whole fact check written about me and that's addressed on another show that I did. But the point is that I'm bringing up to you is that these things that RFK Jr. is putting out there in the public eye are things that otherwise are being censored, okay? So you can't just say that anywhere. So thank goodness for AmericaOutloud.news. And if you don't know this, everyone, the only way we're able to be here with you is because of our sponsors. So please go to our shop at AmericaOutloud.shop and please make sure that you check out the things that we have. Also, please look at our bookstore because we've had some amazing interviewees here that have produced some amazing work. If you are a reader, please go to the bookstore and check out our books because we have some phenomenal things on every topic, even including homeschooling. And if you don't know that, I'm a longtime 29-year homeschool mom. But back to the news. I, you know, We've said a lot about vaccines today and about RFK putting that topic on the national stage. And we do want that topic to be on the national stage. We want the pharmaceutical uh, complex to be looked at. We want things to change. We would like to have our politicians not, um, I don't even want them to have donations ability to be given to them from pharmaceutical companies. We just have got to stop this. I mean, the amount of money that that a politician has to have donated to them is absurd that that much money is being wasted just to have a, a person get elected, that something's got to change. It can't be about, I can get the most donations and I win. Ha ha. 
that that's got to change. We've got to get it so that politicians cannot be purchased anymore. I mean, there's always going to be corruption, right? But there's got to be a better way. And we've got to have politicians that are going to come on the stage and change this. We can't have ourselves questioning our system. And it's not just Donald Trump who questioned whether or not the elections were fair or not. This has been going on for decades. There have been people who've been elected who said, no, recount, something's wrong, something's fishy, I think something went wrong here. So we can't have the American people question our electoral process. Things have got to change. So um, before I let you go today, um, in the last few minutes of our show, uh, we can address the reality that Hawaii had something very tragic happen in Maui and that Maui burned. And it, it was claimed that it was because of global warming and that because a wildfire, a naturally derived wildfire came onto the scene, you know, they do have volcanoes there. So there's always fire, I'm sure, near the volcanoes. And we have some interesting footage that's coming out of that area. I had just interviewed the founder of Unjected. If you're looking for... Um, an unvaccinated companion, romantic companion or friend, or if you're looking for unvaccinated blood for a surgery, you are definitely going to want to go check out Nurse Michelle's article on Unjected. And there's links to Unjected.com that you can go to on my website on Nurses Out Loud, where you can find out more. But she lives in in that area in Hawaii and was able to show some things to me about what was going on there. And since then, more people have been showing footage. And on this week's show with Nurse Beth, she's going to be addressing some of the potential conspiracies that people are claiming. They're going to be called conspiracy theories, but um, they're actual footage that is very suspicious. And I'm sure some of you have been paying attention to it. But if you're not on social media, you may have missed some of this really impressive footage. And the footage that we're seeing looks like something was like a shot of light from the sky. And there's a name for it called DEW, Directed Energy Warfare or something like that. And Beth will go into that more in detail. And I'm sure April will as well because they both have an interest in this. But I'm just going to lay it here to say Check out, go on to some YouTubes if you're not on social media and look up some of the footage, video footage from the air and also from the ground, because what you're going to see is apocalyptic. It doesn't look like something from a forest fire. You have entire burnt up cars that look like they were incinerated with trees right beside them that aren't harmed, that there's something very odd about that. And the houses, the way they're just completely destroyed is quite shocking. And some of them still have trees and some restaurants still have um, umbrellas still out front on the chairs that aren't incinerated, aren't burnt up. But yet there's nothing left of the entire building. I'd love to have some people that are out there that are fire science specialists, firemen, people who are in the business of catastrophes that have to do with fire, write us some letters to Nurses Out Loud and give us some knowledge and maybe we can get you on the show and get your take on it because we want to hear what the American people have to say. If you're there in Maui and you have some firsthand knowledge, we would like to hear from you from, uh, on a Nurses Out Loud and and testify to what you your firsthand accounts are that you witnessed there because it is a national tragedy what has happened there and the 
uh, what Beth is going to expose to all of you is going to be worth hearing. So don't miss that. She is our Tuesday nurse host. Okay. So don't miss Beth. She brings a whole new element. Uh, All of us have our own unique take on things that are going on in our American culture and around the world. And if you haven't heard me say this before, you have an individual fingerprint that has never been here before. It's never going to be here again. It is only here for such a time as this for a short season. You are meant to be here. You bring a unique um, take to the world. You have ideas that nobody else can actually think of. Every bad thing and good thing that ever happened to you in the world happened because that makes you who you are. So there is a unique idea or take that you may have that we need to hear and let the world hear it as well. On that note, please remember how important each of you are. We're living in an era of high incidence of depression. The news is depressing. The possibility of even more corruption within our own government and within our media is troubling. And you could be impacted by post-COVID era fallout, whether it be family loss, marriage loss, loss of job, vaccine injury, etc. Know that you matter and your story matters and your opinion matters. It's up to each of us to make the truth known. When you hear valuable information on Nurses Out Loud or America Out Loud talk radio, it's up to each of us. And it's our jobs to share that information with our community. Remember, we are in a war for truth. Make that truth known. It's time